You're listening to the Visibly Fit Podcast. Hey, I'm your host, Wendy Pett. And every week, I'll give you holistic, practical solutions for everyday issues related to nutrition, healing, functional fitness, and behavior modifications. As a naturopath, fitness expert, and wellness coach for over 20 years, my goal is to empower you to reach for greater health and to rise up to your next level of living in mind, body, and spirit. You were created with greatness in mind. It's time to own it. Are you with me? Then let's dive in. Your bone health could make or break the quality of your years or the length of your life. Yes, pun intended on the make or break, because we are going to talk about bones and brittle bones. And if they are in that breakable state, how they can lead into maybe not such a good life and or maybe a, a shorter life. And so I have an expert here with us today to talk all about bone health. Uh, so thanks for tuning into this episode of Visibly Fit. I'm your host, Wendy Pett. Yes, today we have my friend, Dr. Charles Price, and he is a professor of orthopedic surgery at University of Central Florida College of Medicine and was a practicing pediatric orthopedic surgeon for 34 years. He has authored over 90 scientific uh, papers, 20 textbook chapters, and written over three books, all on topics about uh, diff different, like, things like nutrition for bone health, um, uh, limb lengthening, fracture healing, artificial bone grafting and hip problems in children and adolescents. But he has served on the editorial board of several prestigious medical journals, in addition to serving as president of the Pediatric Orthopedic Society of North America and as president of the Limb Lengthening and Reconstruction Society of North America. In 2011, Dr. Price was honored with the Distinguished Achievement Award from the Pediatric Orthopedic Society for Lifetime Contributions to the Advancement of Orthopedic Care for Children. He is an incredible human being, and he has a heart for helping people get healed and to have strong bones so they can have a healthy quality of life. So thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Visibly Fit. I know you're going to enjoy it. Well, welcome, my dear friend, Dr. Charles Price. It's been a while. How are you? It has been. It's great. And it's great to see you again. Well, it's so fun because years ago, I had you on the Visibly Fit television show. And then we reconnected. I'm like, oh, my goodness, you've got to come on the Visibly Fit podcast. And you were so kind to offer your time and uh, your expertise here today. So thank you again so much for being on. Thank you, Wendy. You uh, you may not know. I mean, we must have met what fifteen years oh, ago. Yes, at, at least. And at the time, I will say you inspired me to uh, to get more fit. Uh, I used your exercise program, and I uh, did a lot of isometrics, and I actually dropped seventy five pounds that I've kept off. Okay, wait, I don't even know that I knew this, Dr. Price, 75 pounds. Are you kidding me? Praise God. That is such great news. Yeah. Thank you for that testimony. So, <laughs> I owe you a big debt of gratitude and, uh, and I've kept it off. So once I got my weight down, I switched over to tennis, which was a childhood and I was played competitive tennis in high school. So I was able to go back out and now I, I uh, stay active and fit. And I'm not as fit as I should be, but believe me, I'm a lot better than when we... You look amazing, amazing. And I'm just so proud of you. I mean, well done. And and I know that you're in a new season uh, with your career and just in life, and you're just a little less stressed, which is uh, a lot to say about uh, being healthier as well. But I want to dive in uh, because 
you you started your career in um, uh, pediatric uh, orthopedics, right? I mean, um, that's correct. So, but it shifted, and I want to talk a little bit more about the shift and why your career shifted, and then dive into um, some ways that our listeners could could uh, benefit from what you learned through your your shift in career. Well, even in medical school at Baylor, I was involved in some research for the astronauts because they lose bone mass during spaceflight. This was yes. back in the golly, late 1960s. And so I was always interested in bone and bone metabolism. And after I became an orthopedic surgeon, I got interested in children because uh, they're a lot more fun to deal with. And <laughs> You can help them for a longer time. Yeah. A lot of my orthopedic career has been academic. I'm a professor and I've published a bunch of papers and things. 90, 90 to be exact. Right. <laughs> textbook chapters and things. And, yeah. Uh, and three books. Yeah. So, but most of my work has been in the area of fracture healing and bone remodeling. And uh, then later I got into bone formation to correct congenital deformities to create bone, lengthen bone things like that. And so I, I was doing bone grafting and a lot of basic bone work. And it occurred to me um, that that was fundamental to uh, all understanding orthopedics. I think you know the story. Uh, somewhere along the line, my mother uh, had multiple fractures from osteoporosis, and I'd sort of ignored it and left it up to the endocrinologists and people because it's not something orthopedists do, but she eventually had a hip fracture, passed away as a complication of the hip fracture because she never really got out of bed and walked. I'd seen her cascade of fractures, and then my wife was diagnosed with osteoporosis and my sister-in-law, and so I thought, well, heck, uh, you know, we're the bone experts, and we leave all this to internists, so why don't I get involved? And so that's when I started a quest for uh, more knowledge for myself about bone formation and bone fragility. Yeah, and you you mentioned and and obviously I, I know that this has been a while back, but of course I'm sorry for your loss of your mom. And um, but I think so many people might resonate with that story. They know someone that has had a, a fall, and they've you know whether it's a, a loved one or someone that they know, and after that fall and after that hip, um, you know, issue, they never got well, and they ended up passing away. And so there's there's something to be said about taking uh, ownership and control of your bone health and realizing that you have more control than you realize. And, and one of those things is understanding how the bones need to be fed. And that's one of the things that you really tapped into. You, you understood that there are some, some missing nutrients uh, in, our, in our, well, if you're going to look at the SAD diet, the, the standard American diet, there's a lot of missing nutrients, but just overall, and uh, even some healthy uh, whole food plant-based lifestyles, if you're not doing it uh, full out, uh, what are those ingredients that tend to be missing that are causing uh, porous bones? Uh, absolutely. Um... So the, everyone's aware of calcium and vitamin D. And um, frankly, I think there's been so much emphasis on that that we've missed some of the others. Um, there was a report done by the Surgeon General in 2004 that listed about 18 nutrients that were important for bone formation. So I published a paper looking at those and looking at the average intake in the diet. And we found several that were important for bone formation that were missing from the standard North American diet. One of the most interesting ones to me uh, coincided with some research I was doing on silicon. So silicon is uh, 
you've probably heard of it. People think of silicone, which is a rubber, and a right. rubber, or they think of silica, which is sand, and those have silicon in them, but the element silicon is what um, you can't form bone without silicon, and we don't get enough in our diet. So that's the first thing that people need to be aware of. And where do we get silicon in our in our diet? A lot from whole food plant-based, right? A lot of it. <laughs> well, surprisingly, most foods, green beans have an absorbable form of silicon, but most silicon is water soluble and it's taken out of our water supply mm. in most refining places because it causes calcification of the pipes. And original silicone breast implants had they had silicon in the silicone and breast implants would calcify. So um, there's evidence of that. Now, um, some waters from volcanic sources like Fiji water, I can mention names, right? I don't sure, go ahead. <laughs> First of all, I don't have any financial conflicts of interest. I'm not selling any products. I right. don't receive any royalties, but um, I'm passionate about bone health. And uh, Fiji water, Volvic, uh, Icelandic, Evian, Waters from volcanic sources have silicon in them, but not our tap water often. Uh, beer has silicon. Beer. Are you encouraging us to drink beer? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, that's from the, ferment uh, the fermentation process, right? Right. From the fermentation of oats and barley. And uh, the, the non-alcoholic beer has silicon, too. There we go. There we go. <laughs> beer drinking women have a much lower risk of fracture than non-beer drinking women. That's been interesting. Study. And areas of the world that have high silicon content in their water have very low fracture rates. And so um, oatmeal, the slow cooked oatmeal has some silicon in it. So grains have it, but you got to you got to get them out through the, the process. Silicon's interesting because it it's used in uh, electricity. You know, I mean, for computers, you've heard of Silicon Valley. Sure, right. Sili silicon is an electromagnetic kind of a product. I won't go into the detail of it, but it. Oh, you can. I think this could be fascinating if you want okay, to. Well, go ahead. It, it's a switch because when silicon is put under pressure, it throws off a negative electron, hmm. and calcium is a positive electron. So silicon uh, is in your collagen in the the rubbery part of bone, if you will, that's what's always fascinated me. People focus on the calcium and the hardening of bone, but the resistance to fracture depends on bone flexibility. Mm. And silicon improves your bone flexibility and improves its silicon. If you think about it, uh, is also for the elasticity of, of hair, skin, and nails. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, women, they've measured wrinkle depth for silicon supplements and a lot of your products, your cosmetic products have some silicon. Bamboo has silicon. So a lot of them are made from bamboo and things like that. But uh, dietary silicon can help your hair, skin and nails as well as your bones. Interesting. But it, it causes when you exercise. So if you, if you exercise isometric exercise, we'll there talk you about go. those visibly fit exercises. <laughs> well, the nice thing about isometric exercise, is it causes compression of bone. Mm -hmm. And that's, that stimulates the silicon in your bone to send a negative charge and strengthens the bone. Swimming and walking and those kind of things don't do as much for you as loading the bone. And isometrics are nice because you can do it without weights. You can, it loads the bone very well. And, you know, you can do it if you have arthritis. You don't have to have full range of motion in your joints. There's a lot of benefits from isometric exercises 
osteoporosis. You're talking my language. I love it. <laughs> Keep on talking it. Yeah. That's great. Hey, you know, I was thinking as um, you were mentioning, just because I had someone on a, a few podcast episodes ago talking about uh, EMFs, right? So electromagnetic frequencies. And so when you're talking about silicon and and um, and and our and calcium and and the EMFs that uh, you know we can't see, but it's electricity, right? It's I, I'm wondering if it's obviously causing interference with even that connection of silicon in our bodies. I, anyway, I'm just kind of dialoguing here. I don't know if you know anything about that, but but maybe. Yeah, well, we've used um, electromagnetic simulation to, to get fractures to heal and things like that. And I actually published a paper on that. Okay. And, and so it's-, it's The stimulation important. versus the EMFs that you're getting off of your, your phone and the dirty electricity is two different things. It's considerably different. So I, I don't yeah. really have an opinion about- microwaves and things like that whether they're okay. harmful but uh but there's no question that your bones have electricity and uh the, they have to be channeled in the proper direction so the current flow has to be correct to form bone but uh the easiest way to do it is is through exercise silicon's been overlooked in the in the bone community because there's not there's not much of it in mature bones so when they've looked at the composition of bone it's in the bone forming process it strengthens the collagen and there are other things that make bone stronger and more resistant to fracture. Actually, if you get too much calcium, your bones get brittle like chalk. A DEXA scan is just a measure of the calcium in your bone. It doesn't show you how tough your bones are. Which is the opposite of what someone might think, right? Oh, I'm taking in lots of calcium. I should have strong bones. So right. that's a, a misconception. Yeah. More than 2000 milligrams of calcium a day increases your risk of fracture. So uh, it, it improves your DEXA scan, but it increases your risk of fracture. So we have to be careful we don't confuse the lab test with the actual outcome, which is fracture. Can I show you a demonstration of something? And those of you that are listening, you're going to want to go over to YouTube and watch this for sure. Well, it's, it's um, I've got, I took, I've got uh, two wishbones. This is a, you know, a typical chicken wishbone. Uh-huh. You would say, and you know, you all know, I'm not going to pull on it, but you could pull on it, it would snap. And then you make a wish on the bigger part. Right. But if, and that's got calcium and collagen in it. Bone has two components. Collagen is the protein that makes the bone resilient. So if you take the calcium out of it, uh, then it's it's this, it's rubbery. This mm -hmm. is a wishbone where the calcium has been extracted. Oh, wow. And you can see that it won't break. You could tug on this and bend it and it's not going to break so um, the collagen in your bone is important for preventing fracture and silicon improves the collagen which collagen is in your hair skin and nails it increases the bonding of collagen and collagen uh, right now is such a big buzzword if you will because the it, it has leaked out <laughs> we're starting to catch on that collagen is important for for our right. health and so um but there there's so many different ways that we can get collagen but the fact that uh, i think the the opposite used to be just focus on you know having more calcium for stronger bones it's right. also it's 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 the balance of all so i love that demonstration with the wishbones i mean Wow, the, to have the the pliability and the flexibility of your bones, that's going to keep you from from so, breaking. Yeah. So if you bones. fall, you want to bounce. You don't want to break. Yes. <laughs> you, eating collagen, people eat collagen, but that's protein. Right. And your body digests it and reduces it to amino acids and has to be built back. 
So it can be built back with the proper nutrition. Now, eating collagen is okay um, because it does provide the substrate, but it doesn't go directly to your hair, skin, and nails. It has to go through a process. And another another thing that's important for building collagen is vitamin K2, mm-hmm. which has come into prominence in um, in bone health since we started 10 years ago. And and wouldn't you don't you uh, connect that with D3? Those, those are two good ones to take together. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. There are several, but uh, and, and you should take D3. I mean, you need to take D3 and at least a thousand units a day and probably more. The Endocrine Society recommends 2000 international units a day um, from diet and supplements. But the D3 and vitamin K work together because um, the vitamin K makes your bone tougher. It, it increases the strength of the bone. Um, but K2, if people confuse vitamin K, which is in leafy green vegetables, and that is important for the blood coagulation process, that's K1. Mm-hmm. But K2 is the one, K2 is unique in that it, uh, it improves mineralization and the binding, it improves the binding of calcium to the bone. So the calcium is stuck more, but it also activates a protein in arteries that prevents calcification. K2 is good for your heart and your arteries and maintains resilience. And silicon helps to maintain the elasticity of your arteries as well. And and uh, so K2 helps your bone and helps your, your heart. I love this. This is um, so important, of course. And, and to realize that it's not just a one and done uh, solution. There, it's a it's a, a symphony of of um, nutrients, right? That we need to to bring into our body. And it, in a lot of times, I think people don't realize that they could have an absorption issue. So it may not be that you're not receiving or getting enough of that that vitamin or mineral, but you're not absorbing it. So do you want to talk about that at all? So true. Thank you. Um, well, K2, in, you have to eat K1, and then there are bacteria, there's a microbiome in your gut that converts K1 to K2. Mm-hmm. If you've taken antibiotics, that's wiped out. And so um, a, a dietary source of K2 is, um, is actually grass-fed cow's milk, milk from grass-fed cows, butter from grass-fed cows, or cheeses from grass-fed cows. Which I tell my, my ladies not to consume any of that. <laughs> well... I'll tell you, the, so, the butter, the Kerrygold butter from grass-fed cows <laughs> is loaded with K2 and the dark meat of uh, chicken and turkey uh-huh. and the, the uh, organic, you know, the, the free-range ones. Because what happens is those cows, okay, and then in their digestive system, they can convert the grass, vitamin K, to vitamin K2 in their digestive system, and it's a fat-soluble vitamin. So the grain-fed milk, doesn't have as much K2 as grass-fed cow's milk. Right. But you can get it through uh, supplementation or just through other uh, whole food plant-based sources as well. Um, but I love uh, that you think differently and that's okay. So, so, um, so, so far you can eat butter and you can eat uh, beer now. So uh, Well, I think just butter. beer, beer on my end, not even butter. <laughs> grass-fed butter only. <laughs> You're awesome. Um, all right, let's talk a little bit about um, uh, boron, right? Like boron yeah, right. is is one of those uh, micronutrients that is so important because it helps with uh, the bringing in of, of 
you know, magnesium and copper and, and calcium to, to help with those, uh, to solidify st- strong bones as well. Yeah. Let's talk about boron, uh, and, and how that plays a role and where we can get boron. I know we can get a lot of that through whole food plant-based. Yes, absolutely. Well, boron, uh, it's, I find very fascinating because it's, um, when you do a research project, you isolate all the variables and you say, okay, silicon's the answer. Well, silicon's not the answer. It's a balance. So you got to have silicon, vitamin K, vitamin D, all the things work together. And there's no better example than boron because it doubles the half-life of vitamin D, estrogen, and a lot of your hormones. So boron has a lot of benefits besides just bone. And um, where we get boron, if you look at a vitamin pill for boron, it's often boron oxide, which is a rock. So if you see silicon dioxide or boron oxide or zinc oxide or magnesium oxide, those are rocks. They're not going to get absorbed. So you need the organic forms. And uh, the best source for boron is uh, dried fruits Mm -hmm. and nuts. Avocado. Avocado is great. Avocado is a wonderful thing. So, um, but, uh, you know, those are the things that we... You know, people know they need to eat leafy green vegetables and all this stuff, but I think we don't eat enough uh, nuts and dried fruit as we could. Sure. So those go on your like on like your prunes stomach. and raisins and prunes, uh, apricots, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. So very good. A couple prunes a day. I mean, it doesn't take a lot. And it does it does other great things for you as well. Those prunes. Yeah. <laughs> right. So they they come in. Uh, they come very useful uh, for for elimination as well. Um, okay, so let's talk a little bit about um, you, you. Kind of moved into now in this season of your of your um, studies and uh, and in your life of, of focusing more on hip dysplasia, right? And let's talk a little bit about what you are finding uh, currently, or what you have found, and why you decide to focus just really on on this as your your area of expertise. As you know, I mean, I I gave my life to the Lord many, many years ago, and so guides us in many ways. And uh, a child came to my care, and the people had resources and so forth, and we formed an organization to cure hip dysplasia. It's an international global outreach program that they funded, and it's been phenomenal. It's been a blessing to me, and uh, the same way with the- What's the, the name of it? It's called the International Hip Dysplasia Institute, but it's hipdysplasia.org. Mm. It's the most common abnormality in newborn babies, and mm. uh, it accounts for 10% of all total hips in the in the United States. Wow. It's much more common than people realize. It's not life-threatening. It's uh, not like cancer or heart disease, so it doesn't generate as much income, and there's not any product or drug or anything that's going to cure it. It's a mechanical problem from birth and development and we're making great progress but um so i was led into that and uh as a part of it of course as soon as i got involved i thought i wonder what the nutritional aspects of this are and it it turns out that nutrition actually plays a role in birth defects um, Mm -hmm. in spinal column disorders cleft palate heart defects uh, prenatal nutrition is very important in many ways so it's not just the vitamin pills, but a good healthy nutrition, good diet, good round food. Uh, you you can't get a complete nutrition from vitamins and supplements alone. It really depends on eating organic foods and having a balanced diet and, and doing more. The, if you eat 
you know, the nutritional component of a, of corn that's raised with uh, stimulation from, you know, from fertilizers and all that doesn't, it's not the same nutritional component as uh, organic corn from 20 years ago or 30 right. years ago. Right. So uh, those things are important and in areas of the world that have some nutritional insufficiencies, we have found some problems. It's not vitamin D. It's actually more related to uh, if you're a young lady, I don't know if you have young ladies that are interested in their sure. fitness, but you probably do, but they should be focusing on their B vitamins if they're of childbearing age. Yeah, that's that's really a good word. And just the the epigenetics of how that plays out, right? Uh, not yeah. just obviously in in how the birthing uh, situation happens through 10% of, of newborns dealing with hip dysplasia, but even genetically speaking, um, you know, how you're eating you're, you're not just eating for you, you're eating for two, literally, and how not just how that child will be born, but how their children will be born. So it really is uh, that ripple effect. So our, our nutrition is important and also our exercise. So um, uh, let's go back to exercise just one more time, because I do love that uh, you have uh, enjoyed visibly fit exercises and that you do isometrics and you stay active and, um, with tennis and, and, in all kinds of ways, you and your wife, both. And so I'm just, um, are you willing to share, uh, how, how young you are because you look amazing. And the fact that you, you really are, uh, in a different place than when I met you 15 years ago, you know, with, with de-stressing and, and living a, a different lifestyle, it, I can, I can tell the difference on your face and your countenance. Like it's just so wonderful and releasing that weight. But, um, how, how young are you? I'm 77 and a half, 77 and a half. Really? Well, when you're, when you're a little child, the half matters. And when you're older, <laughs> the half matters. So in between, it doesn't matter, but, but That's every true. half year that you live after age 70 counts. And so, um, yeah. So I tell people I'm 77 and a half. Well, it sure does matter, especially with the difference in the world that you are making the half matters. And so I thank you. I'm serious. Like, I thank you for having such a heart for, for <clears throat> helping people along their, excuse me, <clears throat> health journey um, and helping them understand that, that strong bones are important and that their nutrition matters. And you're being a great example of that yourself. And I just appreciate you coming out and, and sharing um, just a little bit of, of your, um, gosh, I mean, we could probably be on here for hours and hours because you're, you've done so much and you've seen so many uh, lives change. In fact, let's, let's end this um, podcast episode on, on maybe a story of someone that you've seen a, a life just shift because of the, the change in the way that they were fueling their body with the proper um, supplements. Thank you. Well, uh, I know these stories are anecdotal, but uh, I think my sister-in-law reflects the the main one. She had had four or five uh, fractures and was really, in, and it becomes a cascade. If anyone's ever had a single fracture from any reason, even a major moto accident, not a fragility fracture, but any fracture before, after the age of 40, their risk goes up because the bone heals itself by taking minerals from the other bones. So you're, if you've had a broken bone at all, then you're at greater risk. And she'd had five and was on the same cascade as my, my mother had been. And uh, she's been taking uh, the, she's been increasing her consumption of silicon and vitamin K2 and boron and, mm-hmm. and, and we got her exercising. And since then uh, she calls me every, uh, every few months and she says, 
Oh, Chad, she said, I took a terrible fall. I live in, I, I took a terrible fall and I, uh, I cut my knee, but I had it stitched up, but I didn't break anything. She bounced. She bounced. <laughs> yeah. So she, after about, um, about a year after she started taking care of her bones, uh, she, her bone density didn't improve. The calcium is not improving, but her resilience is clearly better because she's bounced several times and she's absolutely been fracture free for 10 years now. Mm. And, um, I could give you some other examples of friends of mine who would uh, testify that it's amazing. So I, I feel very blessed. And, uh, and I think, uh, I think I appreciate your spreading the message of health and fitness and relationship with Christ. Those are all so important really? near and dear to me. So I appreciate all the work you're doing. Well, thank you, Dr. Price. Bless you. And um, go have fun playing tennis. I'm sure you're off to a tennis match after this interview, but bless you and your family. And thank you so much for sharing with my audience. And maybe we'll have you on another time. Okay. Thank you, Wendy. Well, that's a wrap for today's show. So thank you so much for tuning in. I love spending this time with you. To learn more and get more free resources, just head on over to wendypet.com. And thank you in advance for sharing this episode and this podcast, following and subscribing, not only to this podcast, but finding me on social media, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, wherever you are, I'm probably there too. Until next week in our next podcast time together, make it a visibly fit day.